Thank you for listening to the Family Life Podcast. We hope that this message blesses you today. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. There, you can watch our latest sermons online. You can find us by searching for Family Life Church Bloomington. You can also connect with us on Instagram and Facebook. Just type in Family Life B-Town. Thanks again for listening and have a blessed week. Whatever you brought today, he is well able. Uh, Whatever you have need of today, uh, he's already there. And so can I tell you, you won't won't leave here disappointed. You won't leave here wanting. You won't leave here wondering. uh, But you can find everything that you need in Jesus Christ today. You won't find it in man, and you won't find it through the means of man, and you won't find it through all the things that this world has to offer, but you will find it in Jesus. Amen. Amen. Anybody attest to that? Anybody agree with that? You will find it in Jesus. You will find your hope in Jesus. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. How wonderful he is. And I'm so thankful for everyone that's here today. All our guests, we are so glad that you are here with us. It is good to be together today. And I pray and trust and believe that God will speak to your life. And I am thankful for all the good things that are happening, that have happened this last week, Friday night, gathering together. Amen. Wonderful time. And then all the things that are upcoming and God blessing us. Amen. God is good to us. Can the church say amen? Amen. And I'm thankful for his mercy. Now, today... um, I'm going to preach what is um, a companion message, if you would, to what I preached here uh, a few weeks ago, uh, the last time I preached on a Sunday. And um, so, if you would, and you have not listened to, please do so. Go back to our podcast or uh, jump on YouTube. I think it's on YouTube. And uh, Gabe, I'm not sure where Gabe's at. I think it's on YouTube. And, and so you can watch it or you can listen to it. And um, that will help you come up to speed with with some of the things I'm saying today. And, and so then we were, at that message, we were on that side of Jordan. And so if you'll allow me today, we'll, we'll just go into the middle of Jordan. How about that? And then next week, if the Lord wills it, and we'll see where we go and what God speaks to us, we'll try to get on the other side of Jordan. All right? Are we good? Now today, um, I'm going to read uh, about 14 verses of Scripture. It's not the whole Bible, but it is a chunk of it. And I, I think you can stand that long with me and follow along and uh, open your Bibles to the book of Joshua, the fourth chapter. God is faithful. And it came to pass when all the people were clean passed over. Everybody say clean passed over. That means they were on the other side of Jordan that the Lord spake unto Joshua saying, take you 12 men out of the people, out of every tribe of man. And command you them, saying, Take you hence out of the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm, twelve stones. And ye shall carry them over with you, and leave them in the lodging place where ye shall lodge this night. Then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had prepared of the children of Israel, out of every tribe a man. Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of Jordan, and take you take ye up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder, according unto the number of the tribes of the children of Israel. 
that this may be a sign among you that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean you by these stones? Then uh, you shall answer them that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it passed over Jordan. The waters of Jordan were cut off. And these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. And the children of Israel did so as Joshua commanded and took up twelve stones out of the midst of Jordan as the Lord spake unto Joshua according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel and carried them over with them unto the place where they lodged and laid them down there. And Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst of Jordan in the place where the feet of the priests which bear the ark of the covenant stood and there and they are there unto this day. For the priest which bare the ark stood in the midst of Jordan until everything was finished. But the Lord commanded Joshua to speak unto the people according to all that Moses commanded Joshua. And the people hasted and passed over. Now, jump down to the 20th verse, if you would, please. Joshua 4, verse 20. And those 12 stones which they took out of Jordan did Joshua pitch in Gilgal. And he spake unto the children of Israel saying, when your children shall ask their fathers in time to come, saying, what mean these stones? And you know, then you shall let your children know, saying, Israel came over this Jordan on dry land. Everybody say dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of Jordan from before you until you were passed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up from before us until we were gone over. That all the people of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, that you might fear the Lord your God forever. Now, for the next few moments, walk with me in the Word, if you would, please. I want to talk to you about the weight of what it's worth. The weight of what it is worth. Father, I love you. I thank you so much for your Word. I thank you for this day that we are here together. That, God, we are blessed. We are privileged. Your grace is sufficient and our weakness. Your strength is made perfect. And so, God, I pray, talk, speak to us, direct us, lead us, help us. And help us to be willing and submitted, God, yielded and responsive to your word and, and your spirit. I pray, God, that someone would repent today and be baptized in your name and filled with your spirit. And you would be glorified because of it. And a life, a body would be healed, a mind would be changed, a direction would be given. Thank you, Lord, that we have this hope in you and that we are not ashamed today, Lord, uh, because we know that hope maketh not ashamed. And so we trust in you and we believe in you. And thank you, God, that your way is perfect. We love you, Lord. Anoint me and anoint this people, I pray in Jesus' name. Let the church say amen. amen. Now, I want you to find three people. Look at them, smile at them, compliment them, say something very, very kind to them, and let them know how glad you are to see them today in church with you. Come on. Uh, three people, do it. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one, no, not one. None else could heal all our souls' diseases. No, not one, no, not one. Jesus knows all about our struggles, and he will guide till the day is done. For there's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one, no, not one. For Jesus knows all about our struggles. And he will guide till the day is 
is done for there's not a friend like the lowly jesus no not one no not one for jesus knows all about our struggles and he will guide till the day is done for there's not a friend like the lowly jesus no not one no not one oh jesus knows all about our struggles and he will guide till the day is done for there's not a friend like the lowly jesus no not one no not one i thank him thank you jesus thank you jesus there is none like you you may be seated in jesus it was 40 years before <clears throat> on the 10th day of the month of abib the first month that was to be ordered that he said is the children of Israel were exiting Egypt. That would be the first month, the month of Abib. It was on that 10th day of the month of Abib that God told Moses to tell the congregation of Israel for every house to take a lamb and to keep it until the 14th day of the month of Abib. On the 10th day, they were to take a lamb and to keep it, to put it aside, to separate it from all the others and to keep it under the 14th day. That was the lamb that was to be slain and eaten in the house, and the blood of that slain lamb was to be applied to the doorposts of the house. That the death angel that would pass over on the last plague before the exodus of Israel from Egypt, as that death angel would pass, the firstborn would be saved because of the blood. The lamb, the lamb held the hope of a promise on that 10th day. It held the hope of a promise. It, kept secure, in other words. Do you understand that? It was put aside. It was separated from everything else. It was identified. It was secured. Separated from all else, a promise, a promise of life given on that 10th day of the first month of Abib at the exodus of Israel from Egypt. 40 years later, again, on the 10th day of the first month, Israel crossed the Jordan River on dry ground. Stepping on and into the promised land that God had assured them of long before. Do you understand this? Long before he had given the promise. He never forgets his promise. He is not slack concerning his promises as some men count slackness, but he is long-suffering toward us. He doesn't forget you. Uh, the word said that he doesn't forget our works of righteousness. Elder Saint, in the sound of my voice today, hear me. He does not forget your works of righteousness. When you feel like that you have come to a season or a time of life that, that all that you have done is forgotten or somehow in the past and, and no relevance to it, he does not forget your works of righteousness because he does not forget his promises. He doesn't forget you. Your life is never 
Your life is never out of sight. It is never out of his mind. You know that today. Young St. Old Saint, your, your life is never out of the mind of God. He is very careful about us. No matter the, the pace or the place of your steps, no matter the, the time between the promise and the provision, he will fulfill it because God is faithful to that. He is faithful to his promise. And they stood poised and ready to cross into what God promised. Possessions packed, little hands held onto, hopeful hearts holding even more. And the priest bearing the ark stepped into the water. And, and what was a current that would or could work against them now began to flee from them. The word made it clear. Where there once was water, now there was dry ground. Where there once was water, now lay dry ground. Not muddy. Everybody get this. Not muddy. The word was very specific about this. The priest stepped into the water. The waters parted. Israel stood on dry ground. Not muddy. Not soggy. Uh, not wet. But dry ground. Israel walked through moments later on dry ground. When God asks of us to trust in his promise, he makes the provision to fulfill that promise. In other words, simply stating today, everybody still with me? Say amen. Now, I, I need you to just, just keep walking with me for a moment here. Um, he, will not, he will not bog you down with the residue of what could be to make it difficult for you to receive and to live the promise. He, he allows there to be a dry ground when there is obedience in our life. When, when we understand that there is something that is to be followed, to be obeyed, to understood, to look to him, to watch the ark, the Holy Ghost, then, then, he, then he doesn't make it difficult for us. There is not the residue that we continue to be carried in our life. We, we don't have to constantly answer. We don't have to constantly answer for our past. We don't have to constantly feel like that, that shame is shutting us down and we cannot walk onward, that, that we are bogged down, that, we are, that, that we're encumbered by all that we once were. No, 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 no. When you follow after God, when you follow in obedience, amen, you are free. Stop thinking that you are not good enough or that somehow he is going to make, you, make it difficult for you because of your past or your present wrongs in your life. The word said this, look at this. Fear not, little flock, um, if you would please. Fear not, little flock. It is, it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Stop living like there is mud on your shoes. Uh, residue from wrongs and done and, and shame of sin. Uh, no, 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 no. You are free from it because it's God's pleasure to give you. The blessing in your life. We're still going to have to put one foot in front of the other, but he will give us dry ground when we obey and follow him. I believe that. God told Moses that when the people had clean passed over, he told Joshua that when the people would pass over, that he was to choose 12 men, one from each tribe of the children of Israel. And each man that was chosen was to take up from the midst of Jordan a stone, a stone that, that would be gathered with the others and set up as a memorial or as a monument on the other side of, of Jordan as the people crossed. A monument for the day that their children would see it and ask what it meant and they would tell them, they would tell them of what God had done and how Israel had walked through on, on dry ground. But it was not to be this is important. It was not to be just any stone. It was to be a stone that was to be carried upon 
their shoulders. And Joshua said to them, look at this if you would please. And Joshua said unto them, pass over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of Jordan, and take ye up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel. In other words, look at this. In other words, it was to have weight to it. Um, hoisted and heavy upon their shoulders. Not something light or, or insignificant that could fit in their pocket and be carried without care or without thought. They could have, they could have picked up small stones. They could have. They could have picked up small stones, stones that took little to no effort, uh, very, asked li very little from them, um, uh, of them, but those, those stones would have been easily washed away by time and, and elements. Do you understand that? If, if they would have been small stones, just, just pebbles if you would, if they could have been something that just their hands could have held to, then, then those would have been stones that, that could not have withstood the element of time. They, they could not withstood the elements of time and, and through time and the flood, the flood tides that would come and go and the storms that would rage. Stones that would have succumbed to the flood tides easily ignored by generations that would come. They would have no significance. They would not stand out. You understand this? If they were small stones, they wouldn't have stood out. They wouldn't have really been a monument to look at. No, these were stones... These were to be stones that were put on their shoulders. The word was specific. Get in the midst of Jordan, take 12 stones, and put them on your shoulders. They were to be stones with substance, meant to last, stones that were meant to, meant to endure because, because their, their weight meant worth. The more they, they weighed, the more worth that it meant. There had to be something that they would get Look at this, if you would. They had to be something that they would get their humanity under. Um, for generations, for generations needed to know the truth, and truth must be heavy. It, it must be heavy to not be moved by opinions or, or things that change or things that, everybody still with me? Things that come and go. They dug it out. They dug it out of the, of the dry dirt, not out of the mud. They drug it out, dug it out of the dry dirt, the soil of their soul, groaned under its pool to be put back to where it was comfortable. It was heavy. They had to dig it out. They, they had to put effort into it. There was a promise on the other side of that place that it was in. There was a need for it to ask more of them. You understand that? It wasn't just a stone that they could kick with their foot and, and get it to the other side, but, but it was something they had, to, they had to look for. They had to dig out. They had to get their hands under it. They had to get their back into it. They had to put their, they had to put their effort, their humanity, into what they were doing. There must be a weight to what this is worth to us. It's got to weigh something, a significance. There's got to be a substance to what we're living here. Everybody understand this? There's got to be a significance to what you believe. There's got to be substance to what you stand for. There's got to be a weight to how you feel about it. While salvation is full and free from God, grace given to you and I, the undeserving, still yet the weight of this faith will ask of us something. Our ego, our time, our talents, our treasures, it will ask us to place on our shoulders the weight of our own cross and daily dying. 
It will ask us to get under things and, and to carry them in our life that require of us to give attention and concern and effort continually through the seasons that we face when we decide we're going to cross over. And the weight of its worth will be determined by your own desire and our own disciplines. I cannot determine it for you. No one can. It's going to be determined by my desire. It's going to be determined by my own discipline. What I decide, this is worth to me. What I, what I decide, how much this is worth to me, how much it is worth to you. No one measured, you understand this? Nobody measured the amount that it was that they picked up and placed on their shoulder. There was nobody with a scale on the other side seeing if this one measured up to that one. There was nobody on the other side that was looking to say, well, he's got more than you. And, and, and he's a little bit more holy than you are. He's a little bit more spiritual. Come on, that's what the church does too many times. We assess the balance within the church and we find people wanting. We look at people because they're not, everybody still okay? Let me preach for a second, is that all right? Uh, we look at people and we measure and we line them up or we line them out. And we wonder, we wonder why they didn't pick up a bigger stone and why, they're, why, they're, why it's just not as big as ours. And, 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 and we unfortunately uh, judge people out of the church because we don't love them enough to understand that they are under the weight uh, that they can give to God. Nobody measured the amount that, that it was that they picked up and placed on their shoulder. It was determined by the heart of man and what he knew that he was standing under and standing for. It was measured by their own estimation, by what they were willing to get their hands under, by, by willing what, they were, what they were willing to, to dig out. Only you can decide how much you want your relationship with Jesus to weigh. Only you can decide how much you're going to pray and how much you're going to be faithful and how much you're going to give and how much you're going to love and how much you're going to consecrate and how much you're going to dedicate. Nobody stays with you in your home. Nobody knows those silent hours. Nobody knows these prayers that are prayed in the altar. No. The scale of your spirituality rests in your heart and the hands of Jesus. It's in your heart and it's in his hands. Uh, only you and Jesus know how much it's really worth to you. Only you and he know uh, the weight of your honesty and your love for him. Only, only you, only him. Nobody knows how much it really weighs to you. The crossing of the Jordan was a mark on the map of, of no turning back. Everybody understand this? Uh, Forty years before, uh, when they exited out of Egypt, it was a mark on the map to their forefathers, to their, to their parents and grandparents. Uh, that was the mark on the map. There was the Red Sea. I talked about that here a couple months ago. Uh, that was the mark on the map for their life, for that generation. Now this particular crossing of the, of the Jordan, uh, this was the mark on the map of their life of no turning back. It meant something to this generation that did not see the dry seabed of the Red Sea. This was their Red Sea. Do you understand this? This was their Red Sea. There was no turning back. They had to make up their own mind. Every generation, every person in this place needs their Red Sea of some sort. There needs to be the dry ground that you cross over that is undeniable. Everybody getting this? Come on, I'm not going to move any further till we get this in our mind. There has to be that, that Red Sea experience in your life. There has to be that undeniable touch of God, that thing uh, that happens in you and, and, and that you are touched by, that you are affected by, that will forever alter the course of your life, that you walk through on that undeniable dry ground. Amen. That it has to be a God thing. Come on. I don't know where it's been for you. I don't know where it's at for you, where it's going to be for you, but it's got to be. Because if we don't have that place that we cross over in our life, then we are constantly dealing with wanting to go back to where we came from. To back to the old haunts and habits in our life and the feelings and the emotion and all the addictions and all the things that once held us captive. God does not want you going back. Amen. Amen. There was no turning back. They had made up their mind. Look at this, if you would, please. 
The value of the promise must weigh more than the pull of our past. It, it has to be. The value, the value of the promise must weigh more than the pull of your past. That weight of the stone not only determined the worth of where they were going, but it anchored them from going back to where they once were. I really believe that. I really believe that, that stood there, Brother Helms, on, this, on the banks of, of a Jordan at some place, and Gilgal, we'll talk about it next week if the Lord wills it, uh, but it stood there and, and there was generations that would follow. These were stones that endured generations. Do you understand that? Children's children's would walk up to those stones through the process and the course of time and ask, what mean ye by these stones? And they would give the answer, this is what God did on that day we walked through on dry ground. Amen. Uh, there has to be that experience that, that something of weight is happening. The weight of stone, uh, of the stone not only secures the promise in the future, but it keeps me from turning back and going back to the incarceration of sin. Hmm. The undeniable experience of the Holy Ghost. The undeniable experience of the revelation of the mighty God in Christ. The undeniable experience of what you're feeling here today. Each one of us in this place... We need an anchor experience in God that holds us secure from losing the ground gained that we cannot give up. That it just holds us there. No, we can't go back to Egypt. We can't go back across that Jordan. We can't go back to where we were. We can't take up those things again. Amen. Understand this soul that needs saving. We are always willing to carry what matters to us. I'm going to repeat it so everybody understands this. Because often in our modern day religion and modern day culture of denominations and churches, we are finding excuses for this and excuses for that. And we're trying to get around this and we're trying to get around that. But the truth of the matter is, the truth of the matter is we are willing to carry what matters to us. That's the truth. We are. We're, we're willing to carry what, we'll, we'll, we'll put our shoulder into what matters to us. Hmm? Isn't that the truth? We'll go spend hundreds on this. I'll talk about more in just a second. We'll spend hundreds on that. We'll go here. We'll stay up late for that. Huh? Yes, we will. We'll do this. We'll do that because those things matter to us. We will carry what matters to us. Every effort that we put into it, every sweat on our brow, we'll put it in because those things matter to us. We easily shoulder things in our life that are of lesser value that hold no real worth. We're willing to do that in our life. We give our time and, uh, and money and to them. We wear ourselves out trying to take care of it all. Yet when it comes to our eternal life, too often the weight of the stones are small and unstable and they are easily adjusted in our life. And we treat God and, are we okay? We treat God and the things of God that they're just easily moved on the, on the, on the chessboard of our life. And, and, and we sacrifice certain things so that we can have this over here. When all the while there is one thing that is not worth sacrificing, and that is our relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, sometimes the truth of the matter is I have found, Brother Hughes, in, this, in, in my walk with God, that sometimes uh, I, God is just asking me to put my back into it. Isn't that right, Brother Cooper? Sometimes I just got to lean into it. My flesh doesn't want it. I don't like it. Uh, I, this, I, I walk on a treadmill, and, you know, sometimes it's good days. The other day, uh, I, I did not want to walk on that treadmill, but you know what? I, I knew I needed to walk on that treadmill. You want to know why I know that, Brother Trace? Is because I look in the mirror and I recognize my mortality and, my, and the gravity. 
that tells me what the scales say. And, 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 I, and there's sometimes I don't want to live it, Brother Jose. There's sometimes I don't want to do it. There's sometimes I don't want to think it. There's sometimes I don't want to sing it. There's sometimes I don't want to pray it. But it's good for me. Sometimes I just got to lean into it and, and put my back into it and understand that God is asking more of me. And the reason why is because there's something that I need to get to. There's something that he needs me to get to. Because there are times, everybody stick with me on this because there's probably going to be somebody that disagrees with me, but there are some times that it is not gratifying to live for God. There are moments in my flesh, Brother Victor, that it's just not gratifying. Uh, it, it's, it's painful if you would. It's difficult. I would like to say and think that everybody got up today wanting to come to church. Woo! But probably there were some of you, and you don't have to nudge the person next to you or whatever. There, probably some of you got up today thinking, man, I don't want to go. I don't feel like it. There are some days you don't feel spiritual. There are some days you don't feel like praying. But there are some days I just need to because I need to. That I need to put my back into it. I need to get under, I need to get my humanity under the weight of my spirituality. I need to get under the responsibility that God is asking of me so that I might ultimately glorify him. Because the less that I am under the responsibility and the weight of this thing, the less glory that he gets and the more glory that I try to bring to my flesh. Okay, amen. In a world of what is cheapest, we should be wanting what is the greatest of value. Look at this. I love this, this passage. This is a great passage. And this passage needs to be read correctly. Ho! No, ho. Ho, everyone. Ho, everyone that thirsteth. Come ye to the waters, and, and he that hath no money, come ye. Buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine, milk without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear, and come unto me here, and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. If you're thirsty, musicians, if you would, please. If you're thirsty, come. Come by and eat corn and wine and milk without money and without price. Come. Come buy this. Come get this. It's free for you. But yet it costs you. Don't buy the bread that does not satisfy. Don't labor for things that do not satisfy. Let your life find the weight of what it's worth to you. Listen to him. Come. Come to him and your soul shall live. The stones were to be placed on the shoulders of men. Now, there's a separate message that we could talk about in that. But just let me walk on a little bit more here. The, stole, the, the stones were to be placed on the shoulders of men. It could have been easier. It could have been easier to put them in and on carts or wagons to be wheeled to the other side. Don't we all agree? It was dry ground. The wheels could have moved freely without encumbrance. Uh, they wouldn't have found themselves stuck in the mud. No, they, they, could have, they could have wheeled. So it would have been easier to put the stones and carts... <laughs> Uh, bigger stones, if you would, even. Get them to the other side. But carts and wagons were not meant to be used as a substitute in this service. Go ahead a few generations, and you can find David trying to get the ark back to Jerusalem. And he tried to build a new cart with new oxen, and it didn't work. It's not meant to be used that way. There is not meant to be a substitute 
for what we are told to carry. The burden of the blessing, the burden of the blessing needed to be carried by the flesh. They chose the stones. They looked for the right stone. They dug them out with their own hands, picked up and placed on their shoulders, feeling the weight of its worth pressing down on them. We value, hear me church, please. We value what we invest into and what is invested into us. We value what we, we value what we get under. Huh? Now you do what you want here. I, I, I'm, not, I'm, not getting, I'm not getting on a soapbox, so don't misunderstand me. My dad and my mom, they had a particular, I've talked to you about my dad and my mom. They were, I was blessed by my dad and my mom. They were wonderful, wonderful people. I couldn't say enough good about my parents. I loved them desperately and I missed them much. When my dad looked at me when I was a teenager, he said, I'm not gonna buy you a car. You're gonna work for your own car and you'll buy it. And so I rode my bike to work at a grocery store before school and after school. And uh, I worked until I had enough money to buy me a car because my dad would not buy me a car. Now this was, if you bought your kids 10 cars, God bless you, I'm glad you got the money to do that. I'm wonderful. So don't, don't at me after church, okay? I'm not preaching against that. Um, my dad made me buy my car, my mom did. And I'll never forget why he told me. He said, because if you buy it, you'll appreciate it. And you'll take care of it better than if I bought it for you. And that was true. When people got in my car and they were eating a hamburger or french fries, I just gave them that death stare. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, are you sure you want to do that? Because it's not that far to walk. And because I appreciated it. Um, we value what we invest into, and we value what's invested into us. And like the ark, it was to be carried on the shoulders of flesh, not, not on a man-made cart or convenient carriers that relieve us of our responsibility. I'm going to be here on Friday night gatherings. Youth, you're going to be here when something's going on in the youth, young adults, young marrieds, all the things that we're going to have, things that we do around here, I want to be here. But they are never, understand this, they are never a substitute for my relationship with God. They make it better. They will enhance it. But I need a relationship with God that I get under, that weighs something to me, that, that I pray through about it, that, that I know God for myself. I know him for myself, not because mom and dad know him, not because, not because uh, somebody across the aisle can feel it. I got, I've got to get, un I'm, I'm supposed to carry it. Because if I carry it, then I will appreciate it. And I'll, I'll recognize that, that I'm doing this not just for the gratification of the moment that, that is there, but I am doing it for my family on the other side so that they can know this is how God worked in my life. And this is how God did it for my grandma and my grandpa. And this is what God will do for you because we set up memorials with the things that we live in our life. We set up memorials along the way that, with things that we carry in our life, with, with the weight of responsibility. Amen. Not a man-made convenient carrier that we believe and, and relieves us of our responsibility. No. Hear me, father, mother, young person, we need to feel the weight of what this is worth to us. Yes, we do. We need to feel the weight of what this is worth to us. Somebody, somebody walked across before me, and I've got to walk across now, and you've got to walk across, and you've got to carry something in your life that somebody can live by. If we want the glory of God in this place and on our life, then we have to get under the submission to it. 
There are things of weight that have to be carried. I will say it this way at the end right now. There are things particularly so in this particular culture at this particular time that must weigh more in our life than they ever have before. Because if we are not anchored down by the weight of what it is worth to us, we will be carried by the current of our culture away from the things of God and we will find ourselves lost and not making it to the other side. I am not willing to sacrifice my life because of this culture. I am not willing to sacrifice my spiritual life because of the things of this world to try to carry me a current away from God. I want to go towards Him. I want the promise of God. They will never, come on, somebody, stand to your feet and get your humanity under this today. There is something to build on the other side, but you've got to carry it. You've got to believe it. You've got to hope in it. Come on, right now, lift your hands and begin to pray with me. As they begin to sing and this altar is open and we come to this place and we repent and we're baptized in his name and filled with the spirit and we bring our humanity under the weight of the responsibility that God is asking of us. Come on. God, come on. It's got to be worth something to you. It's got to be worth something to your home, worth something to your life, worth something, amen, that is worth praying for and believing for and being faithful for. Come on. That's right. Amen.